1: Welcome to the Elisa Childers podcast, where we equip Christians to identify the core beliefs of historic Christianity, discern its counterfeits, and proclaim the gospel with clarity, kindness, and truth. And we are going to continue to do that even while I'm on sabbatical and not recording full-length episodes until after the new year. But as we were going through some old content, we realized that there were some posts that only went out to a select group of listeners, and many of you, if you've been following the podcast for the past two or three years, have not. Heard these posts, and these are short answers to tough theological and apologetics questions. So, we're going to be bringing a new one to you every day during sabbatical. Here's today's Are you concerned that your church might be becoming progressive? What is progressive Christianity? Here are five signs your church might be heading toward progressive Christianity. Several years ago, my husband and I began attending a local, evangelical, non-denominational church, and we loved it. We cherished the sense of community we found among the loving and authentic people we met there, and the intelligent, outside-the-box pastor who led our flock with thought-provoking and insightful sermons. Sadly, the church started going off the rails theologically, and after about a year and a half, we made the difficult decision to leave. Today, that church is a self-titled progressive Christian community. Back then, I had never heard of progressive Christianity, and even now, it is difficult to pin down what actually qualifies someone as a progressive Christian due to the diversity of beliefs that fall under that designation. However, there are signs, certain phrases and ideas that seem to be consistent in progressive circles. Here are five danger signs to watch for in your church. Number one, there is a lowered view of the Bible. One of the main differences between progressive Christianity and historic Christianity is its view of the Bible. Historically, Christians have viewed the Bible as the word of God and authoritative for our lives. Progressive Christianity generally abandons these terms, emphasizing personal belief over biblical mandate. Comments you might hear, the Bible is a human book. I disagree with the Apostle Paul on that issue. The Bible condones immorality, so we are obligated to reject what it says in certain places. The Bible contains the Word of God. Number two, feelings are emphasized over facts. In progressive churches, personal experiences, feelings, and opinions tend to be valued above objective truth. As the Bible ceases to be viewed as God's definitive Word, what a person feels to be true becomes the ultimate authority for faith and practice comments you might hear. That Bible verse doesn't resonate with me. I thought homosexuality was a sin until I met and befriended some gay people. I just can't believe Jesus would send good people to hell. Number three, essential Christian doctrines are open for reinterpretation. Progressive author John Pavlovitz wrote, there are no sacred cows in progressive Christianity. Tradition, dogma, and doctrine are all fair game, because all pass through the hands of flawed humanity. Progressive Christians are often open to redefining and reinterpreting the Bible on hot-button moral issues like homosexuality and abortion, and also cardinal doctrines, such as the virgin conception and the bodily resurrection of Jesus. The only sacred cow is no sacred cows. Comments you might hear. The resurrection of Jesus doesn't have to be factual to speak truth. The church's historic position on sexuality is archaic and needs to be updated within a modern framework. The idea of a literal hell is offensive to non-Christians and needs to be reinterpreted. Number 4. Historic terms are redefined. There are some progressive Christians who say they affirm doctrines like biblical inspiration, inerrancy, and authority, but they have to do linguistic gymnastics to make those words mean what they want them to mean. I remember asking a pastor, Do you believe the Bible is divinely inspired? He answered confidently, Yes, of course. However, I mistakenly assumed that when using the word inspired, we both meant the same thing. He clarified months later what he meant that the Bible is inspired in the same way and on the same level as many other Christian books, songs, and sermons. This, of course, is not how Christians have historically understood the doctrine of divine inspiration. Another word that tends to get a progressive makeover is the word love. When plucked out of its biblical context, it becomes a catch-all term for everything non-confrontative, pleasant, and affirming. Comments you might hear. God wouldn't punish sinners. He is love sure, the Bible is authoritative, but we've misunderstood it for the first 2,000 years of church history. It's not our job to talk to anyone about sin. It's our job to just love them. Number five, the heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to social justice. There is no doubt that the Bible commands us to take care of the unfortunate and defend those who are oppressed. This is a very real and profoundly important part of what it means to live out our Christian faith. However, the core message of Christianity, the gospel, is that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and resurrected, and thereby reconciled us to God. This is the message that will truly bring freedom to the oppressed. Many progressive Christians today find the concept of God willing His Son to die on the cross to be embarrassing or even appalling, sometimes referred to as cosmic child abuse The idea of blood atonement is de-emphasized or denied altogether, with social justice and good works enthroned in its place. Comments you might hear. Sin doesn't separate us from God. We are made in His image, and He called us good. God didn't actually require a sacrifice for our sins. The first Christians picked up on the pagan practice of animal sacrifice and told the Jesus story in similar terms. We don't really need to preach the gospel. We just need to show love by bringing justice to the oppressed and provision to the needy. Conclusion. Identifying the signs is not always obvious. Sometimes they are subtle and mixed with a lot of truth. Progressive Christianity can be persuasive and enticing, but carried out to its logical end, it is an assault on the foundational framework of Christianity, leaving it disarmed of its saving power. We shouldn't be surprised to find some of these ideas infiltrating our churches. Jesus warned us, watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves, Matthew 7, 15. So if you spot any of these five danger signs in your place of worship, it might be time to pray about finding fellowship in a more biblically faithful church community.